This is a CBC Podcast. The Saskatchewan government has not been shy about its preference for privatization of late, at least not when it comes to liquor stores or its public bus service. But when it comes to the government-owned phone company, a union leader says it is happening quietly, by stealth. CBC's political reporter Adam Hunter wrote a story about those concerns at SaskTel this week. Murray Mandrick writes a political column in the Regina Leader Post, and they both join us weekly at this time and do again this morning. Good morning, guys. Good morning. Good morning. Adam, what's the latest at SaskTel? This is a campaign that Unifor, the union that represents more than 2,500 Sassel employees, has been running for, you know, since March, uh, at least trying to uh, get the word out that they think that Sastel is is slowly eroding jobs of two Sastel employees here in the province. Now, uh, their claim is that when someone retires or leaves, that job isn't being filled or it's being combined into two jobs that full-time work has been converted into part-time work and that there's a lot of contracting out of province and there are recent examples of this with work uh, from SaskTel heading to Manitoba, Alberta and the Maritimes and so they're calling this uh, privatization by stealth. The, the union president says death by a thousand cuts and they estimate that there's been a thousand of these uh, jobs or positions eliminated in the last uh, number of years. They say that this isn't going through the front door like the government tried to with Bill 40 a few years ago after then scrapping that plan. It was to uh, just get to 49% of, sell 49% of a crown without needing uh, to go to the public for for that uh, for that vote review. And that, of course, failed uh, under Brad Wall after they introduced that. But uh, the union saying that they're concerned that this is happening in a different way. And while you made those examples of STC and SLGA and those liquor stores, uh, the union would say that that was an example of what could be happening at Sastel when you have work going out of province, that maybe the quality dips, people uh, may see a, a technician from another province come in do work, and that may not be the same quality of work as someone from Sastel who's living here and doing that. And they say at the same time, uh, the government's talking a lot about creating jobs, growing the, growing the economy, but if they're moving these jobs and these contracts out of province or eliminating jobs through SaskTel, then those are careers that people won't have in the future. They won't be able to set up uh, you know, uh, a life here and, and give back to the economy. So they say that sort of flies in the face of the government's overall message. Murray, what do you make of this? Well, you know, old geezers like you and me are going to remember terms like privatization by stealth from uh, the days when it was a philosophical daily fight between the NDP and the then progressive conservative government, and probably the thing that kept the SAS party uh, uh, out of office for the first two or three uh, uh, or two elections because they really couldn't specifically define what their vision of privatization is or what should be privatized. Essentially, this is the problem. It still needs to define this. But in terms of whether this is actually by stealth, I'm not 100% convinced. There are different reasons for privatizing. One is clearly philosophical, and that's clearly what's happened with the liquor stores, where the government has made a philosophical choice that it doesn't want to be competing with the private sector. While SaskTel does compete with the private sector, you can get your telephone and cell service uh, and uh, internet service from elsewhere, but there is an added component in a province like Saskatchewan where 
Private companies won't necessarily build 5G networks or cell towers in rural areas because it's not economically feasible. So SaskTel has always walked this fine line. And on top of that, it's walked this fine line with the government constantly saying, well, you can't do things like, uh, oh, I don't know, charge for email services that... Uh, email tags because that other companies do because we are getting complaints from ta- from voters or uh, they go into these strange decisions as government like they did a couple of years ago where we're going to put everybody under the same government logo as a crown corporation where it's SaskTel, SaskPower, same colors, etc. and not let them brand properly. The government never fully allows SaskTel and other crowns to function independently. I think that's kind of what's happening here uh, as well. They're not being allowed to make proper business decisions and this just might be a proper poor SaskTel as hard as it is it might be a proper uh, business decision where it's looking for uh, cheaper ways to do things in a competitive environment where it's still required to provide dividends to government and still required to make profit but has to compete against uh, private sector in what amounts to cutthroat industry. When it comes to economic development more generally in this province, we, we celebrated National Indigenous Peoples Day this week. But when it comes to reconciliation, some First Nation leaders want more opportunities uh, in economic development, more revenue sharing. Adam, what can you tell us? Yeah, this came up uh, this week. Uh, one specific example about uh, casinos in the in the province and First Nations run casinos, where the FSIN uh, put out a news release and Chief Bobby Cameron is in Ottawa talking about how they would like to not have to ask for, for, for permission to set up a casino or have to go through the province or the federal government to have uh, different regulations that that they're required for at, right now, and also be able to take the profit that they make at the at casinos that they run um, there is a bill before the that's going to the house of commons it was tabled it was introduced in the senate and uh, that is essentially what this bill sets out to do in, in 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 one form or the other and that's one of the things that first nation leaders are pushing for and uh, marie also wrote a really good column uh talking about this and and the opportunities that may or may not be out there right now for first nations people and what the government may or may not be doing about it Murray, what more do you think the government could or should be doing well i talked to as adam alluded to i talked to david pratt vice chief of uh the uh, fsin uh this week about this very issue he was sitting at the premier's dinner listening to premier uh, scott mo go on about uh, how good the economy is doing and it is it, it, it's you know we are having record exports and we are having you know, on a, on a good roll because of potash and oil and everything else going on but chief pratt's uh, uh point is are First Nations people really taking advantage of that? Advantage of it in a world where maybe job access to really good jobs in either uh, the new minerals uh, sector or oil and gas or potash uh, aren't really all that great. Now, there's some advantages to doing so, but there just has to be better coordination between uh, the government and uh, and both levels of government, by the way, and First Nations leadership on how to drill into those jobs. Uh, for instance, Chief Pratt <laughs> gave me the example of Premier Scott Moe going down to Washington this winter and the FSIN basically following him a week later, basically meeting with the same people on rare minerals and what Saskatchewan's contribution uh, uh, could be to it. Why, if you're going down to Washington, you're taking the education minister and not First Nations leaders who have a vested interest in this and have a vested interest in the jobs and, by the way, might actually attract more interest from American politicians uh, who might be more sympathetic to, uh, to uh, 
wanting to see First Nations people in Canada get these jobs and, and develop there. You know, why why there isn't better coordination on these simple matters is a very good question that Chief Pat, uh, Pratt and other FSI and leaders are rightly asking. Thank you, guys. You're very welcome. You're welcome. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.